0: A new episode of the Define University podcast. I am your host Lindsay Titus with another guest episode coming to you, and I'm really excited to dive in today. Um, this person that you are going to get to meet today through through the airwaves um, is actually new to me too, so I'm super excited. Um, but I was captivated by her story. And, you know, we share a local connection. We are both in the Rochester area. um, And so I'm really excited. So Emily, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, So I would love, you know, obviously I'm, we kind of just chatted before we hit record and Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, have everybody else kind of hear a little bit, you know, about you and who you are and where you're from. Obviously I said you're in Rochester, but yeah. Um, so if you can just kind of introduce yourself, you know, whatever feels comfortable to the listeners.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so as I speak, you might hear a stutter. So I have, I do have a stutter since I was three, um, that I just have. So it's not that I don't know what I'm saying, you know, as many of our friends do have stutters, right? So it's really cool. Um, so I'm Emily. Um, I was previously a special education teacher in many different forms. I was a consultant teacher, resource teacher, Special class teacher, 1211, 813, 611, all of those. Um, taught for about seven years. I'm, I also have my ESL certification, so English is speaker of other languages. Worked with refugees for a little bit, which was really cool. Worked in high school, um, realized that wasn't my jazz, went back to special ed. Um, and then after helping create a 1211 program in a local district, I realized I wanted to focus on skills that I believe will take my friends even further. Um, So I created SAGE Rochester, which uh, stands for Support, Advocate, Grow, and Educate. Um, And it's all about creating a safe place to practice social skills and all those life skills that we need.
0: I love it. And I I I think you've done everything in the special education
1: field. (laughs) Yes. 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 Yes, I feel like a pro. Right.
0: But I think even that is really important. Right. I think so often sometimes I don't know if you felt this way. I know I did. In my first classroom, which was a six one one, I felt like, okay, this is the the classroom I chose, right? I interviewed and, and I got it. And I felt for a little while that year, like, well, this is what I chose. I gotta stay with this. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you had that same experience. Um, and then just kind of let yourself do other things, or did you have that same experience? Yeah.
1: So for me, I've known that I wanted to teach since I was in first grade. Um, my first grade teacher, Ms. Corner, I remember just inspired me to be a teacher. Um, and then as I got older, um, I realized just how much like I love special ed. Uh, so I was an, an aide at Holy Childhood for a while, um, worked as an aide, worked up to a TA, um, and just realized I love that special class. So I started out in a special class, 813, um, and then moving to the public schools, which I wanted to, to Put to step in into those schools for different reasons. Um, what was open at first was a con, was a consultant teacher and resource teacher. Um, so I was able to do that for a year. Realized, mm, you know, I, I love this. If this is what it is, it is. Um, that then they moved me to a 611 classroom, which was very different. Um, and from there, I realized I don't love this either. <laughs> so I kind of just kept moving until I found what I wanted. Um, my fiance laughs he's like I feel like you moved every year and like I did basically <laughs> um I moved until I was really happy and satisfied with what I wanted to to do. Um so I went from consultant teacher and then I did six one one um and then I moved to eight one three and then twelve one one was where I really found my my groove. I really really loved that.
0: Oh that's awesome. Yeah I have my husband says I have a three year itch. So Mm -hmm. every three years, I'm like, so here's what I'm thinking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I don't think I've stayed in one classroom for longer than three years because it's like I, I love, you know, just doing all different things. And I'm like, oh, this is it. And then I'm like, oh, but what if?
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. And I just think, you know, again, to anyone listening, like, this isn't to say, like, yeah, just go do something different. But if you are not feeling aligned where you Mm -hmm. are, and I had a very, you know, similar but different experience, like, I knew after um, ultimately like six months in the classroom that the classroom wasn't for me, but Mm -hmm. I let myself have a little bit more time. I, you know, I stayed in the classroom. I tried a different district. Um, I did a couple different roles and ultimately it was meeting somebody else that did behavior consultation. That I was like, that's a thing. Like, I just didn't even know. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, it's okay to be where you're at and desire something different. Yes. But really think about it from that, that why perspective, like what mm-hmm. feels aligned to you so right. that you're not just like, let me try everything, but let me try things that I align with. Like I knew I didn't want to be in the classroom, but I use it as my experience. I'm mm-hmm. still an educator, right? But I had to really redefine that in my own mind of I can be out of the classroom and still be a teacher. Right. And I'm wondering, because you switched from Teaching, right? Being mm-hmm. in the schools to business, really. I mean, I know you're yeah. still teaching at heart, but uh-huh. the whole business piece to it. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that transition and kind of what that looked like for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um. So it was the first. It was uh, summer of 2021. It was my first year that I didn't teach summer school or ESY, and I'm like, I'm gonna have a low-key chill summer. And then, of course, I can't. Right. <laughs> so I had this dream of I, I always have dreamt of like running the world (laughs) you know um and just like I want to help as many people as possible so I you know began so I opened Sage and it was just me going into homes working with with different um kiddos on emotional regulation and different social skills and all that stuff um and I would first go into home so I would that wasn't a big business jump yet because it was like I would go into three kids homes a week So I was still teaching full-time. So as I kept doing that, I realized, wow, this is a really needed thing in in Rochester. Um, I was getting calls from all the way from Attica to North Rolls-Bolcott down to Dansville. um, And I'm like, okay, this is like taking off way quicker than I thought. Um, So by the end of my first year, um, I decided to resign from teaching, which was such a hard choice. I loved my district. My district was absolutely wonderful. I had the best kids, the best parents, the best aides, all of that. It was a very hard choice. Um, but yeah, jumping into that full-time business world was wild. I do not have a business back- background at all. Um, so it was learning all the licensures, all the certifications, all the taxes, all of that stuff, which was a huge hurdle for, for me. Um, so it's, it was very difficult, but it was well worth it. Um, And even now, as I do like pay payroll and scheduling and laws and stuff, um, it's still a big learning curve, but I wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: I love it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, even just listening, like there's so many lessons, right. And so many pieces to to hold on to. And it's like. There's going to be challenges, right? Mm-hmm. But it's when those challenges align to who we are, and those challenges mm-hmm. align to that dream that we have. I love that you're a dreamer. Like I can't wait to like see what's coming next because I'm sure <laughs> there's massive things. Yeah. On your brain. Um, but just knowing that and knowing that it's serving a need, right? And mm-hmm. the other thing I really kind of resonate with is I'm hearing, you know, I always talk. We talk about the why a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Like why do we do things? And I think a lot of times especially in the education field, which is very service driven, mm-hmm. we always have that ser- service why, right? I'm doing it for the kids. I'm doing it for the parents. I'm doing it for that. Well, that ultimately can lead to our own then burnout because it's like, right. what about me? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I love the, what I'm hearing is like, you were doing it to serve the community. You saw this need, but it's something that lights you up. And yeah. like, I, you know, so there's that selfish why too, right? Selfish mm-hmm. it's serving. Yeah.
1: You. Mm-hmm.
0: And I just think that's really important because otherwise we do, we do the things that are helping, but lose ourselves in the process. Right. so I'm wondering if you've ever kind of had a time where you felt like, well, this is getting really big really quickly. Mm -hmm. And how did you, or what supports did you use to kind of, you know, just say like, okay, but here's what I'm going to do. Here's the steps I'm going to take.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this blew up. I mean, we haven't even been in in business for two years yet. Um, And we moved um, from going in homes to, we rented a, 200 square foot office at the Galsano Center to now we we run a 2,000 square foot space in Webster. So, I mean, this blew up quicker than I could keep up with. Um, and what I told myself when I started this is if my mental health starts to go down, I, I can press pause. Um, and that was my big thing where in the classroom, I would go, go, go. And I'm like, I can't press pause. I can't go. I can't call in sick My kids need need me um whereas when I started this my my biggest thing and I tell all of my staff here that your mental health and your physical health comes first so if your anxiety is having a bad day if you have something going on you press pause and you tell me and that's okay so what was really great is I was able to do that. I could say, you know what, we're going to cancel sessions this week because I have a meeting with my lawyer and I don't understand half of it, you know? Um, so being able to take a pause when it's needed was huge. Um, and my support system, my fiance, we call him Mr. Sage, um, has been wonderful. You know, he keeps me grounded, but he like lets me fly and dream. You know, so having that support, having my family, having my friends, um it's just been wonderful. If I have questions, you know, Money questions. I have a friend that does money stuff. So I can ask him, you know, I have a graphic design friend who I'm like, how do I do this logo, you know, and he helps me. So having a support system has been huge. But the biggest thing was I didn't feel I felt so selfish taking days off when I was in the classroom. And even though my district, you know, was like, if you need them, take them. You still feel feel that guilt, right? And then you would say I'm making the most elaborate plans ever to make to make the, the the day go smooth. And then you're texting your staff, like is our are, are, are things going well? Did did this person show show up? Um, but being here and knowing I can press pause. Um, has been a huge, huge factor in not burning out and not being overwhelmed. I am very overwhelmed still,
0: <laughs> right? Um, but being able to manage that has been a huge thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I was actually just at a recent training um, the last couple of days. And one of the strategies they they shared with us in terms of goal setting was um, using if-then goal setting statements, which I laugh because I'm used to first then, right? In, in yes. Yeah, so I was going to say that's a special thing, right? <laughs> And but it was basically creating contingencies for the days where things get too big, and mm-hmm. so it was something like so I did. So, one of my big passion projects, one of my big goals for hopefully 23, if not 24, is writing a book. Mm-hmm. Been working on it for a long time, it's, it's not taking off, the traction is just not there, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just had a baby, well, a year ago, she's already mm-hmm. one, which is crazy. Oh my god. Um, you know, that took priority. <laughs> Absolutely. But so it was things like, you know, if I go, you know, because my my goal is to write every day because I need to get in, I want to get in that momentum. But it's like if right. I go more than two days without writing, then I will prioritize talk actually, I actually talk to my husband to prioritize time to be like, i mm-hmm. need to take the girl so I can write for 30 minutes, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. If I get writer's block, I will reach out, then I'll reach out to, and I listed the people that are my Mm myself. And so it's nice because it's not this, like, I'm going to set a goal and I'm going to go. There's going to be bumps in the road and sometimes they're going to be small bumps and sometimes they're going to be really great. Absolutely. And I love just kind of hearing you reminded me of that because you have that, that pause is like your contingency plan, right? You're not giving up. You're not saying I can't do this, but it's, Mm -hmm. I need a pause. I need a moment to breathe. So I can really focus in and learn this so I can be my best self in the sessions or for my staff or whatever it might be.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's very much um, baby steps. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in special ed, I would, I always said there's no step that's too small, right? Whether a kid is just writing his, the first letter of his first name, you know, it's like, there's no step that's too small. And I have to remind myself because I'm a big picture person. So I'm like, why is this not happening yet? Or, you know, and it's like, I have to bring myself back down and say, you know, even though this happened and that's frustrating, look at this small step, you know, that, that did happen. So telling myself that there's no step that's too small and whether we have to sidestep a little bit, you know, that that's okay. But just recognizing that there's no step too small in this process.
0: I love that so much. Um, all right. So you work with, you know, a lot of, a lot of different students, right? A lot of different yeah. profiles, a lot of different needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love for you just to give any ideas or tips or strategies that you have on how, you know, educators can connect with students that maybe have different learning profiles. Maybe they're yeah. nonverbal. verbal. Maybe they, um, you know, have some behavioral difficulties. Maybe they've got just different learning profiles. You know, mm-hmm. How do you find, you know, that you can connect or learn or engage with students that, again, might look different from the, if there is a quote unquote traditional type student? Right.
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. So here at Sage, so we work our, with our youngest clients, are three, and our oldest one that I work with right now is 45. Um, so we, it's just so awesome. So we can focus on social skills, executive functioning skills, life skills. Um, fun. That's our big thing. When I created Sage, I thought I just want to have a safe place for friends to start making friendships and maintain those friendships and make mistakes and know that it's okay. Um, So that's been my big piece is just creating a safe place. So with that being a safe place, it's needing to know how to connect with others, um, those other individuals, whether they're verbal, nonverbal, use a device. Um, So my first thing is connection. I start even the first to two, even sometimes three sessions is all about learning that teaching the other the friends that I'm a safe person you you can trust me and I have your best thoughts in 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 mind. Um, so connection and relationships, um, and I know that that's kind of like a spice word now like well, if you have a relationship, a kid won't be acting out, right? I feel like I see that on all the teacher Instagrams and stuff. And, you know, though it is true, there are still friends that will have difficulties. And it's like, I think it's big to validate that that does still happen. And it's still like, I'm doing everything I can, you know, why is he still hitting me? Um, so connection and relationship is the first thing. Um, and I, if a friend has an AAC device, um, I love when parents bring it. I, I love those. I have worked with some phenomenal speech pathologists in, in, in my career, and they have all pushed these AAC devices. So whether your child has LAMP or Touch Chat or anything like, like that, um, I always encourage my staff to use it with them. I always encourage the students to use it, the... the the parents, um, because that's their uh, language, right? If they don't feel that you can speak their language, then they're not gonna feel comfortable speaking to you using that that device. Um, and my big thing is just, um, Finding out their likes and their dislikes and, and the body language and knowing, okay, when you look at me that that way, I know you're about to go off. So let's talk about, you know, let's take a break. Let's blow some bubbles. Let's have some fun. Um, and what I really like about what I'm doing is that there's no timeline. You know, if if someone comes to me and they're not having a good day, let's play some games. Let's, you know, let's keep, let's know that this is a safe place to have a bad day. Um. It's my big thing. You let's play some Uno until we can get back to the green zone. You know the zones, z- zones of, a, a reg- of regulation. We 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 love so and just and I think the big thing also with connection is knowing that each day is a brand new day, each moment is a brand new moment. Um, so if we have a issue, we can pull ourselves to to together. And I'm not going to hold hold that against you. in you know, in 20 minutes l- later. So, um, connection relationships, blank slates, all that stuff.
0: Oh, so, so important. Right. And it, and again, a lot of it, you know, can become, I saw something the other day and it was like, this, this training is not about trends. It's about like tips that make a difference or something yeah. comes, like so true. Right. Because there is that fine line of like, mm-hmm. what is a trend versus what is right. actually something that's going to move us forward. Right. Right. And we do. And we hear a lot about connection and relationships and those things. But I think it's, it's the definition you have behind it that yes. really makes all that, that makes it just more worthwhile. Right. And I love that you, you know, are, this is a safe space to have a bad day. Like to me, Mm -hmm. that is the epitome of I hold space for you. We are Mm -hmm. forming a relationship. We are connected because I'm honoring where you're at emotionally on any given day. And that timeline piece is huge, right? That's one of the biggest factors I think that impact us in schools is those arbitrary timelines that mm-hmm. are set whether it's by new york state <laughs> whether it's by right our district, uh-huh. it's by, sometimes even ourselves right oh right we got through this today mm-hmm. okay so i think you know really monitor those i call them arbitrary timelines because that's not the way the world works i mean sometimes there are deadlines yes but yeah when we can let go of that and just be where are we today mm-hmm. you know i think that's really really important um with that there was something oh So I just read um, a book and it talked all about um, rhythm being regulating. So that movement, that Mm -hmm. rhythm component, Um, do you see the, you know, and we often hear that, right. Do brain breaks, do movement breaks, you know, those kinds of things, Um, you know, and then you mentioned, you know, your, your center is all about having fun. And I love that. Like Mm -hmm. you see movement helping, you know, your students, how do you incorporate movement um, Mm -hmm. authentically into things? I'm wondering, because again, I think sometimes we we prescribe it almost too much or contrive it. Maybe that's a better yeah. word. Like everybody has to take a brain break right now, but what if mm-hmm. not everybody needs one right now, right? Absolutely. How do you kind of individualize that if you're doing groups so that movement is just a natural part of the experience?
1: Yeah. So um, when I when we moved to the new space in Webster, my big thing was I want to have a gross motor area. Um, I've worked with a great Pete. PT and OT and um, some great staff members that have taught me like these are so regulating, you know, for kids and honestly adults, right? Like we love gross, gross motor stuff. Um, so when we start any in individual session, any group session, we do a check in. And it's so funny because it's such a you know everyone knows it. All the kids sit sit down. We take we take out our feelings chart and say, how are we feeling today? You know. And so I'm able to do like a temperature check. Okay, does, is someone feeling really really silly and they need to go jump on the trampoline for 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 two for two minutes or is someone feeling really sad and needs some extra hugs and squeezes? Um, so d- doing a temperature check with feelings, the first thing has been very helpful. Um, and that's something that I started in in my classroom. And, you know, when you first start it, everyone's like, oh, I'm happy. I'm happy, you know, because they just want to make the adult happy. Um, but as you gain that trust and make this a safe zone, they're able to say, hey, like, I'm not feeling happy. I'm feeling nervous. This is my first day and I'm nervous, you know, so keeping it going, even when you don't think it's making a difference, because eventually there'll be a time where, you know, they trust you to say, I'm, I'm, I'm in the blue zone. I'm feeling really sad, or I'm feeling mad because I just stubbed my toe. And, you know, so, um, doing a temperature check is where I'm able to say, okay, this friend needs some time to wiggle their body. And this friend needs some deep pressure, you know? Um, but then throughout the classes, um, I don't, I don't care if kids are sitting or standing or pacing um, because I know that they're still soaking it all in. Whether, you know, a friend is in the back pacing back and forth, they're in the room and that's okay. And that's something where as much as I wanted to do that in my classroom, I feel like it's like when you're in the classroom in a school, you're like, oh, but what if the principal walks by, you know? So being here, I'm like, sure, go pace, whatever, you know, as long as you're safe, (laughs) you know, so giving them the freedom to do what their body needs um, is what I really allow. If you need to jump, if you need to pace, that's awesome. That means that you know what your body needs. Um, Of course, if I see everyone getting really wiggly, I'll say, let's all go play for five minutes and and come and come back. And that's really what I love about having this center is that, again, I'm not on a timeline. If we don't finish a craft, that is okay, you know, and I don't feel bad about it. <laughs> you know, yeah. in a perfect world, yes, I would love to complete it all. Okay. But, you know, knowing that, you know, the they're here for social skills, they're here to create f- friendships. And if they are wanting to make those friendships while climbing on the rock wall or while playing games, then I'm okay with that because in the real world, that's where you'll be with friends, not making art, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, and what even just even a good lesson in that, like we don't finish everything the first time we sit down right. to do something. Like what even mm-hmm. in there, right, is a really good lesson because how often is like it's like, no, I have to finish it right now. And it's like, mm-hmm. but we don't really
1: like <laughs> no, I know it's so funny. <laughs> right. So and if anyone that I used to work with listens to this or they're going to laugh. So my motto is I'm flexible, right? And that's what I teach, teach all of my kids, whether they were my students or now is that like, I'm flexible, right? And I'll have them say it back because things don't go our way all the time. And we need to learn to be flexible with it. And so, you know, even though I want to finish this, I can do it later, you know? And so my big motto is when things don't go right if we're not finishing it I even have to say it to to me like I'm flexible Emily it's 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 okay (laughs) you know I'm a type a person but I'm flexible um so teaching them that it's okay for plans to change it's okay not to finish um we can move on with our day still yeah
0: oh I love it so much all right last kind of last kind of you know, not, not really a question, but just, I want to yeah. I want to give you an opportunity, you know, if somebody listening is like, I have this call on my heart. Like I have this desire and maybe it's not completely starting a company, but cause really mm-hmm. you started, like you said, I had the summer to myself, like, what am I going to yeah. do? You know? And if you have someone like listening that has that call, like what kind of just motivation or what words of advice do you have for them?
1: Um, just take that next step. Just, it's so scary. Um, and you can think of all the reasons why not to, um, but think of all the reasons of why to do that and what could, could, could happen. Um, every big step in mine, whether it was moving to, a, to one space, moving to a different state, quitting my job, you know, I thought of, oh my God, but what if this happens? Um, and then it's like, but what if it doesn't happen? what if it is like amazing you know um so just taking that risk and knowing that there's a backup plan you know um there's always some kind of backup plan um in in life so i knew that okay if i take this step and i i quit my job i know that if this fails i can still sub i can still go back and find a job um so taking that risk because you know, as corny as it is, like we have like one, one, one life. Right. Um, so taking that risk and jumping with it and just going full force.
0: Awesome. Um, I am going to, I'm going to link, you know, the, I'll link your website to okay, awesome. your so people, you know, can kind of see it connect to you. Obviously anybody local, check it out. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that need, if you have a child, um, that has that need for sure um but emily thank you so much for sharing your heart um with us today i have absolutely loved connecting further with you um and listeners again make sure to connect if you have you know questions or thought what resonates um but i really appreciate your time thank you so much thank you
1: so much for having me it's great to to chat
0: absolutely um all right listeners i will be back with you um in about a week you know me i'm consistently inconsistent so Give me a day or two um, within that time frame. Um, But in the meantime, keep on being you because that is what is most important in this world. Remember, um, love and honor yourself and who you are and get out there and define each day the best way you know how. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode